here at the hangar getting ready to share a great word with our friend Ryan about what things are happening in this community and how life here takes flight. Back in just a few. Well, good morning to all of our friends. Thank you so much for joining us again on the uh, Echo Stop Live podcast. Uh, we are not in our studio because we are on our road trip. Mm. I am Kevin, and I am here with my good friend, Curtis. And Curtis, how are you this Man, morning? I'm great. We're in the great state of Texas. I mean, what could be better? Outside of being in Alabama, of course, but, you know. <laughs> well, we are better than in the great state of Texas. We are in the great state of Texas. We are in the community of Brookshire, Texas, and we are here at the hangar where life takes flight. And we are joined by, uh, I, I, I will tell you, and I have some pre-knowledge, right? So I'm going to tell you we have a great guest, but what we have here is truly a great man. And, uh, Ryan, we, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, and, you know, we hope to have a conversation with you and talk about faith and families and what we're doing to restore kids and the lives of kids and their futures and our neighborhoods and our communities. And if we had to pick a place to come this morning to do this, this live broadcast, it. this is where it's at. This so, Ryan, uh, welcome. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. It's an honor to be on. And uh, it's just been amazing to be a part of what God's doing here in Brookshire, Texas. And so, Ryan, tell us a little bit about you and tell us a little bit about this hangar. Sure. I, well, let me start with myself. Um, I'm 44 years old, currently been married eight years, got three baby girls, Eleanor Scarlett, Addie Mae. And, uh, and uh, it's always been a dream of mine to be a father. But for many years, all I thought I ever would be was a meth addict. So that's kind of my story. I was a meth addict for 17 years. And I had a radical encounter with Jesus 10 years ago. Um, I had uh, literally lost my mind, was hearing voices, running through the streets of Houston, thinking people were chasing after me that weren't really there, and uh, ended up stealing two cars, trashing a hotel room, got arrested. And they put me in a crazy person suit after I got hit with the taser for charging the police. And it was there in, that, in the holding tank in a crazy person suit in the Harris County Jail where I had f fell on my knees and cried out to God. And over the next 23 days, it made himself very real to me and uh, brought me out to this town I never heard of. Spent eight months in a rehab here. And through his word, through Jeremiah chapter 29, he had told me that he had called me to this community. That scripture actually says, uh, pray for the city where I sent you into exile, for in its welfare you'll find your welfare. So I felt called to this community and uh, been out here 10 years. And after I felt that call, about a week later, I met a guy named Trey Nine, who's a Christian rap artist, founder of Eyes On Me Incorporated. That's the nonprofit we operate out of under. Uh, we exist to mentor, disciple, and serve at-risk youth and their families. Well, Trey had came out here in response to two suicides and 18 overdoses in the school. And he had used uh, his outreach called Hip Hop Hope, which was a block party for Jesus, to reach these young people in the community. And so, this community was very fatherless. I was fatherless. I always loved hip-hop. I didn't even know there was such thing as Christian hip-hop. So when I found out about Hip-Hop Hope, I started helping out with Trey every Thursday night. And a few weeks into it, Trey had said, Hey, Ryan, we rented a, a little house here in this community, and we've been praying that God would send a missionary to come live and catalyze stuff in this community while we start Hip-Hop Hope and other inner-city communities around Houston. He goes, I think you're him. And I said, yep, I think I am, I'm, him, I'm him too. God was just telling me that he, uh, that he was calling me to this community. I got to tell you, Kevin, you know, we were talking about where should we go as we 
initiate this this call of going to cities and to different areas in the country to identify um, what others are seeing in their community and what are the things that they that they that they hope to um, to to gain from from coming together uh, and we came up with this location. This was a location that some folks said, hey, you guys need to go out. You need to see Ryan. You need to see some others while you're out there as well, but you especially need to see Ryan. So, you know, this building out here, this is a hangar, literally, this is a literal hangar, right? Well, For the most part, uh, but but there's a, there's some historical facts to this building, right? What can you tell us about it? I, I sure, I surely, I can tell you. Um, again, we, uh, we came out here using the outreach. God said, believe him for a community center. And we, for three years, we looked. And we, God supernaturally provided this space that we're in today. Um, it was an abandoned school that had, had not been used for many years. Uh, where we're sitting today was actually the gymnasium to a school called Ralph J. Bunch. And it was the black school up until 1968 here in Brookshire, Texas, right? And so uh, this is a town, this is a community that was pl plagued and marked by racial division. Uh, Waller County had the third most lynchings in the state of Texas from the end of Civil War through Reconstruction, I mean, through the Civil Rights Movement. And so that is underlying everything out here in this community. But God has taken this facility a sign of the times, a sign of racial division and discord, and has transformed it into the Hangar Unity Center, um, a place where life takes flight. And so this was the old gym. It looked, it, it wasn't an actual airplane hangar, mm -hmm. but it looks like one. It's an old Quonset style hut um, gymnasium. And currently, it's just a beacon of light for this community. Let me let me ask you a series of questions. And 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 uh, you know, this is something we've always done on our podcast. Um, we are unafraid. We are unashamed. <laughs> and uh, undoubtedly uh, in the praise of what our mission is. And so we ask questions and we go places and we go deep. And uh, our goal is not to, to uh, offend, but to open the eyes of those around us. And then I'm listening to you talk and I'm totally amazed. Um, and as I unpack some of that, a um, couple questions for you. Sure. Um, you know, so, so I understand, or what I understand is, you know, we are in a facility that has sort of two histories. Mm -hmm. The first history is um, there was division. Mm -hmm. There was a separation. I look back at faith and I think of a church that had separation um, and how that was overcome. And yet here we are still on a path. Are, are, are we where we want to be? No, but we're making progress forward. And then I see a second story in a facility that was left for no use. It was left abandoned. Hmm. It was left unattended. It was left just sitting here, yet it wasn't destroyed. Right. So there was a purpose, yet it took us people a little while to figure out what that purpose was, but it took God in an instant to create the opportunity that you had already received this prayer about and so you walked into it. And so when I see this opportunity, how do you use the story of this building? How do you use the story of your life to affect a, a young adult, high school or middle schooler who comes to you and it's like, yeah, but how, how does this help me? I, I, this, this is what I face every day. Like I don't have opportunity and yet we know they do, but they don't see it for themselves. Mm -hmm. So they don't see the, the potential for this building that you saw and maybe they don't see the potential for the life that God sees. How do you, how do you bring somebody into this place and change, change the, the way they see themselves? Man, I think that's a, a long process that takes a lot of love, consistency, a lot of long suffering, and a lot of patience. But uh, my spiritual pops, Guy Caskey, always says they always lead with vision. So mm. I'm sharing my testimony. I'm sharing the testimony, the story of this place as often as possible. Um, I'm constantly putting people in front of my young men and women here 
that are hearing similar stories. And they might not look the same as everybody else, but you would be surprised how many, like say, for example, our mentoring program, our Star Players Mentoring Program on Tuesday nights, how many of our coaches that are here, our mentors, if you will, how many of our coaches have similar stories and have been through some similar traumatic events that many of our young people that are sitting in that small group have been through? And so they're constantly seeing that, hey, you know what? And we might come from a different racial background. We might come from a different socioeconomic background. But, man, these folks have been through real trauma, real – they have overcome real hardships in life. And, and God has um, – been faithful to them have walked them through it and are they perfect no but they've they've gathered a lot of wisdom um and uh you know what i think i can do that too and so i think the more you surround yourself with people of a mind frame heading in a positive direction that the more that's infectious and it, and it carries and you've done a great job in setting that up here you guys do a lot of healing here through a lot of um activities what are some of those activities? Sure. So here on site at the facility, every week we have a ladies program called Wings, we, Women in God's Service. And then we got our mentorship programs for teen boys and teen girls on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. And we got a teen night called The Takeoff every Thursday night where the teens can just come, hang out. They'll hear a short message, but we engage them um, and uh, just let them have a good, safe place, a refuge, if you will, where they can come and just get away from the noise of the world, the noise of their school, mm. the noise of sometimes of their home environment, right? Or their neighborhood, their street corner, or their apartment complex. And they can just have a peaceful place that they can come. In addition to that, we have a music studio. Uh, we do free sports leagues for the kids, completely free. And then we have a trade program where we're teaching kids construction, uh, electrical, plumbing, automotive, welding. And then uh, we also have got physical fitness classes, martial arts classes, food distributions. Um, and so we're just turned to a true Christian community center. To dive just a little bit deeper for a split second, mm -hmm. um, because we had had a conversation that our, our viewers weren't privileged to, but um, you know, giving the youth the opportunity to even imagine that they could have their own house, mm -hmm. let alone potentially mm -hmm. put some, some sweat equity into building their own house, right. a skill set. Um, there's so much in that construction mm -hmm. that also constructs the person. And, and, and you were explaining to us that, you know, whether they're building a shed or something else, they're learning the skills. And the hope is maybe one day to, to potentially be able to build something for themselves. Um, you know, how do you see the hope in, 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 in all of that sort of inspiring them to see beyond just this week? Man, so, well, for our trade program, uh, for example, you know, the first thing we had to do, it was kind of funny, we wanted to do dog houses right away. So what we had learned that the kids weren't very well versed in fractions. So we had to, you know, what I, one thing I've learned through 10 years of doing this is don't assume anything just because of where you think somebody is for their age or where they should be doesn't mean that's where they're at. So we had to recalibrate really quickly and, and, and spend the first several weeks on fractions, reading a tape measure. But then, of course, you go into everything that, that takes to build in a house. You know, you, of course, you start with the foundation, right? There's spiritual principles in everything that we're doing. Jesus taught in parables. There's so many parables um, when you begin to work with your hands, you know. And I'm not the most well-versed um, person. You know, I can, I can do a hammer and a drill, and I can know some <laughs> things. But we got the right people in place that can teach those things. And, and so 
you know, we're talking about building a house. We're talking about building a spiritual house. And, uh, and eventually we're talking about money management, running a business, mm. um, home ownership, right? We're taking swipes at generational poverty. If we can enable and empower people to become homeowners, all stuff that I've learned that I didn't have any schooling for that I've just learned kind of by failing forward over the past 10 years. You know, we know that an idle mind is a devil's workshop. You guys are, are, are fighting that every day by creating uh, workshops. Um, I mean, the, the wood workshop that you guys have along with all the other things that you're doing to, to uh, take space in the minds of young people so that it's not void. So there's something that they can actually gravitate to when they're dealing with so many different issues in the community. The other thing I see is that you guys have a real sense of of, of bringing the community into the fold of trying to create a safe space for the community. A lot of times we look for cities to do this and when the cities are not doing, or let's say they, that they are, but it's not adequate, uh, then no one moves forward to help create the space in addition to what's already there right. to be. But it seems like you guys are doing that. Yeah. you know. When we for, we got the keys to this place, God had given us the vision. We were simply, you know, the Hip Hop Hope Outreach Mentoring Program. We did a house church, and then God gave us the vision for this place. We got the keys to this place, uh, I think it was a week before Hurricane Harvey hit, right? Mm. And so Hurricane Harvey dev devastated our city, and this town was flooded. Houston was flooded. But quickly, before we had done one picked up one paintbrush, um, improved one thing on this property, this became a hub for supplies for not only Brookshire, but for the entire city of Houston. And Hip Hop Hope was actually in 10 different communities at the time. And so we were deploying um, goods all across the city of Houston. But one thing I noticed right away is that the community was coming out here and getting involved and immediately began to work and volunteer. And they're looking for these opportunities to find meaning, find purpose, to be able to serve their own community. And we try to create that space. Not only that, you know, I, uh, again, um, guy, my spiritual pops, he took me to Ethiopia once early on in my walk. And he, is, he has been part of pioneering moving, movements out there for many, many years. And... Um, one thing I principle I learned from him and learned from that mission is it, the indigenous people of Ethiopia were the ones that were running with the ball and empowering the gospel to go forward and multiply across all the way to the sands of Somalia. And I've taken and I've tried to take that principle here in Brookshire and say, hey, you know what? Um, it's great to have a lot of people come from outside the community and, and we need those people. Right. But ultimately, for this thing to stay and build a legacy for generations, it's the it's the local folks that are born and raised and from Brookshire have to be raised up to take ownership and uh, run with the ball so God can do really what he wants um, and transform this community. You know, Kevin, it's one of the things he's uh, Ryan, you shared with us earlier about being here. Uh, I mean, because you're in an area where there are a lot of uh, poverty mm -hmm. uh, and things that are associated with poverty happens here. Mm -hmm. uh, and you talked about how you were broken into once and how the community came to you. OK. And, and told you uh, what you needed to know, because they were 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 very much uh, upset about what happened here because they see this place as a as a beacon of hope, if not for them, but for the children. Yeah. So, I mean, that was powerful when you shared that with us. I said, we've got to bring that piece into this discussion about how the community has embraced this place. Well, and I, and I think having having a, a, a location where hope is is nurtured. Yeah. 
and not killed. Mm -hmm. You know, you see people out there all the time, uh, you know, dream killing. And, uh, you know, don't think about that or don't think about this. Just get in here and mm -hmm. do this. And here you've created a place, a safe place to say, no, you know, it's good to have hope. What do you, what do you see? And, um, you know, you talk about the community here. So if you were to make a, a punch list of, you know, one or two things that people in this local community could do right now to come forward and help help you out in your efforts, what would some of those things be? Man, I, of course, you know, it's the easy stuff like our food distributions, like they could come and serve if they've never served before. But the thing we need most is we need men and women from this community to come by um, for our mentoring programs on Tuesday and Wednesday nights and say, hey, I'm here. You know, I, I might not have it all together. I might not be perfect, but but none of us are, right? That's why we look to the perfect one. Yeah. But um, they need to be here and share their stories of what to do. And if you're like me, share stories of what not to do. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I was so stiff-necked and hard-headed for so long, I could tell you things all day long about what not to do. And mm -hmm. if, if we can empower folks to... Uh, share their story, let people know where they're at, man, it'd be amazing how much growth they personally would get out of it. But these young people, they need to hear it. They need to hear, hey, I know I've known that man for a long time mm. and 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 here here's his story and you know what there's some elements to his story that are applicable to me mm. and um, maybe maybe there's some things I want to do that he did or maybe there's some things I don't want to do that he did that would help lead God and direct me. And so I think understanding that the community right where you're at god can use you today to make an impact in these young people's lives so we we uh we're, we're on this uh, on this tour with our podcast and you know you're obviously uh, represent the primary focus but one of the things we've said from the very beginning is we've got to get mom dad aunt, uncle grandma grandpa mm -hmm. back on their front porch right they've got to sit on that front porch and they've got to talk to that four-year-old or six-year-old or eight-year-old that's running down the street and say hey i wouldn't do that right right that little simple conversation and in so mm -hmm. many communities that's gone away because they're fearful or there's violence or there's just other reasons or they're not in the picture right. or whatever the scenario. And, and so here, you know, it, you know, from a crime prevention standpoint, you always hear people see, say, see something, say something, right. you know, and, and what, what Curtis and I have tried to do is, is to actually say, see something, say something, mm -hmm. do something, because right. it's actually going to take the people on the streets to, to take back each community. And here where you have a lovely community of people that care, no matter where they are in their life, they care about this place, right. is how do we inspire them to actually do something and come here? Because it's easy to drive by and say, that's a great place. It's another thing to drive by or to walk by or to ride your bike by or do whatever and say, that's a great place and it changed my life. And that's what we need because that experience that you've experienced, so you're helping all these kids, mm -hmm. you're, you're changing lives, but there has to be some feeling inside that, that it's changed you as well. 100 mm -hmm. percent everybody that's on staff with eyes on me that's on staff here at the hangar or that comes and volunteers immediately and I, I apply this to myself first always but i know that i'm here more for what god wants to do in my life and in mm -hmm. my heart more so than everybody else and i tell everybody that comes here to help like you're you think you're coming in to kind of be a saving grace or help you know mm -hmm. help somebody that's maybe in a, in a situation where they could use some mentorship guidance and leadership discipleship all that's very true but you'll quickly realize that god is really trying to do a deep work in you right and that's good trying to do a deep work in you that's going to forever transform that's going to forever transform your life and as well as these young people that you're spending time with. And let's, let's, and let's be honest, guys. We know that that a lot of young people are not going to knock the doors down at the church to go in, but they'll come into a space like this. Right. Okay. And this is where they can find God. Okay. So, so I, I see what you guys are doing. Uh, I see what the community here is doing. 
And my hope is that other communities are impacted and encouraged by what you guys are doing uh, if, they're, if they're not already doing it. Uh, and that is to create safe spaces like this, not just to, to, to teach them a skill, but to introduce them to Christ. And, and, and I feel like uh, it's been an honor having mm -hmm. that exact experience that you said, and those are great uh, thoughts as we, we were winding down the show. I know right. we probably could sit here and mm -hmm. talk with you uh, for hours yeah. um, and, uh, and just learn so much. Um, we've come here to learn, yeah. and we've come here to share your story. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I know I've learned from just sitting next to you and, and from us walking around, um, and, and, and I'm so blessed to eat, just sit next to you while you share your story because I know others, our viewers will watch this and they'll share the word and they'll say, hey, guess what I saw today? Mm -hmm. And if that little thing creates a legacy that you may not even ever know about, but man, just think about how that could change the lives of other people, um, not only in this community, um, and elsewhere, and, and I, I will, uh, if Curtis will allow me to steal your final thought as we sign off, because he's the final thought guy, but I, I saw mm -hmm. something earlier and yeah. I'm gonna share this with you. Um, and this is a blessing for you. Um, Ryan, you know, you, you took us outside, you introduced us to your wife, you, you, you rolled down the window and we got oh, to see yeah, your kids. Yeah. And, um, and I mentioned it to Curtis because I'm, I'm a parent too. Um, and, and I'm always observant to see that reaction. And, mm -hmm. I, and I saw a true love, you know, that you had for your, for your children. And I can't think, uh, you know, as excited as you were in that mm -hmm. moment, um, and your kids are doing their thing, you have an amazing wife, she's taking the kids out, doing their thing, you have this great family that you've built. Um, but for the grace of God, right. go all of us. And here you are with that, that mm -hmm. our God's looking back down on you with that same exact look on his face, yeah. looking at you right mm -hmm. here, right now where you sit. And he's got that same, that same look that you had when you rolled down the window to see your daughter. So my final mm -hmm. thought for you is, man, just keep doing what you're doing. God's gonna keep providing, I believe that. Um, but more importantly, the passion that you have to change these lives, that's gonna keep motivating you mm -hmm. to go through um, in God's plan. And so um, final thoughts for anybody is um, if you feel like there's something you can do to make your community different um, in a better way, do it. Um, and don't sit still. Um, thank you so much. Um, you I can't uh, thank you enough yes. for just taking the time. I know you guys are getting ready to go out on a, on a trip to, uh, to mentor to some other youth. So here we are. Curtis, um, close us out. No, man, I think you've said it. I think that uh, uh, I think one of the most important things I saw today was your interaction with your daughters mm -hmm. and not just your response to them, but their response to you. And to know that in all of that, uh, you're still focused on the mission that God has given you to be so, be a father to the fatherless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Um, you tune in every Friday at 8.30 for the Echo Stop Live podcast and every other day in between where we'll be posting different things. We do appreciate you joining us. Um, uh, for now, we sign out from uh, Brookshire, Texas here at the uh, hangar uh, where life takes flight. And we can't thank our, our guest, uh, Ryan, for joining us just for a few minutes this morning. So hope you all stay safe. Hope you all uh, find something that you can do and find motivation in what we've had here to talk about today. Thank you. Have a great day.